on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in a cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold, that's a no. Headshot, case closed. What is up, guys? It's Andy Priscilla, and this is the show for the realists. Say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of modern society. And welcome to motherfucking reality, guys. Today, we have Q&AF. This is where you get to submit the questions, and we... We'll give you the answers. Uh, you could submit your questions one of two ways. The first way is, guys, as always, email those questions into askandy at andyforsella.com. The second way is, is uh, if you didn't know, because a lot of you guys are behind in episodes, like months and even years behind, uh, we are on YouTube now. So we have full-length episodes on YouTube. Uh, most of our audience is still audio heavy, so we're building that up over there. But it's pretty cool. I think people are liking it. Getting some good comments. I think it's uh, it's fun. It's it's I don't know. See how it goes. But anyway, if you drop your comments uh, underneath the episode, the Q and A F episodes, we will pull some from there as well. The uh, questions is what I meant. Uh, other times you tune in on the show. If this is your first time listening, we have multiple formats of the show. Uh, today you get Q and A F, like I just said. Uh, other times you're going to get C T I. That stands for Cruise the Internet. That's our social uh, news slash comedy slash uh, talk about the crazy shit that's going on in the world format of the show. And that's actually my favorite show to do. Um, it's not your favorite to listen to, though, apparently. A lot of you guys like the Q&AFs. So you're going to have to deal with my opinions as well, fuckers. Uh, sometimes you tune in and get real talk. Real talk is five to 20 minutes of just some real talk, I think, that needs to be shared. And then other times you're going to get full length. Full length is like we had on our last episode where we have a buddy of mine come in. Uh, they're usually interesting, successful, have a unique worldview or story to tell. We have a conversation just like you see on most of the other podcasts. Um, one thing you'll notice that we do differently is that we don't run ads on the show, okay? I don't take money from advertisers that want to uh, pay me to take their shit because I don't do that. I represent and talk about the things that I think I like and uh, I don't want to flood your podcast with 40 minutes of fucking bullshit ads uh, for some money. I already do pretty well. You guys do a great job of supporting us and I appreciate that. So in that trade, all I ask is that if we do a good job, if we put out some good info, if it makes you laugh, it makes you think, uh, if it answers your questions, you know, the Q&AF shows like today, they have an extreme amount of value in them. If we help you get better, please share the show. That's how we work. So when we say pay the fee, that's what we mean. Just share the show. With that being said, uh, it's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Has been a minute. See, people, we, we pre-recorded all last week's shows. And then yesterday we had our full length with First Jason. Um, but we haven't done any Q&AF in a while or CTI. I'm looking forward to getting back on CTI, dude. Yeah, me too. That's my favorite show to do. Really? Like, the yeah, CTI? It's my favorite show to do because it's like, it's almost like therapy, you know, in front of the whole fucking world. You know, talk about this crazy shit. But, uh, you know, Q&AF's good too. Yeah, I, I mean, like they, go, they, they go. They go. There's a symbiotic relationship between the two episodes. Absolutely, people and have a hard time connecting. They, yeah, yeah. Like some people, I think most people, you know, people are getting it now. Yeah, I think, but but yeah. they're not understanding. You know, like guys, the reason that we must talk about what's going on in the world is because that affects the business environment. This is an mm -hmm. entrepreneurship, personal development business show. It always has been since the MFCEO project back in 2015. And for those of you guys that don't know, we are relaunching that podcast very soon. Um, as its unique standalone podcast. So I'll have more news on that soon. But it's always been personal development. It's always been how to win, how to get better. But guys, that you know, the, the thing with CTI is if we don't know what the fuck is going on in the world, 
and we don't take action to protect our freedoms, you know, the, our ability to make money and have success and build things in real life is affected. So they do go together uh, very, very uh, synergistically. It's just, you know, sometimes you have to explain it to people. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. But no, I mean, I don't feel like we really missed a beat last week, but uh, there was there was definitely. Oh, you guys didn't miss me? No, I'm saying like the content was pumping out. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, we made it look pretty good, but you were you were uh, hiatus. Yeah, man. I was down in Mexico. I went to uh, I went to Cabo, uh, stayed at the Pedregal Resort, which was amazing. I have nothing but amazing things to say about that. You definitely, you know, shouldn't go there because I don't want to be crowded <laughs> next time I go. Right, right. Um, but it was awesome. The people were awesome. Uh, the weather was great. It was about 70 degrees every day, but good sun. Uh, so much sun that I'm like shedding a whole entire skin um, because I got burnt so bad the first day. Deceptive. It was like nice and cool, but the sun was like powerful. Yeah. That Mexican sun. Yeah, it was impressive. Yeah. yeah. It was. Uh, I understand. It had a lot of girth. I get it. Yeah, it was girthy. It was a girthy sun. Girthy sun. Yep. Yeah, one thing, one thing that was interesting. The shit though, out of me too, bro. You said what? What? No. <laughs> what? No, one thing I thought that was cool though, because I mean, we talked quite a bit <clears throat> during the trip, and it was like, you know, one of the things that I thought was cool was you mentioned how it didn't matter where you went on the resort, but it was like every member of the staff, bro, was amazing. Knew your name. Yeah, it was amazing. It was so you know. I take a lot of pride in how we do business. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not, we, we're not, nobody's perfect. Nobody can run a perfect company, but here in my, you know, with first form S2, uh, the other companies, everything that we got going on here, we try really fucking hard. Mm -hmm. Right. And we try to do a very good job for our customers. We try to go over the top. We're very, very much focused on that experience aspect of, of brand building because the truth of it is, it's like, I'm not that skilled. So I, I know that if we make a, if we do good by the customer and we create amazing experiences, you know, people will, will, will help us and they'll yeah. shop with us and support us. And uh, so I'm very detail oriented. You know, when I go around, I go to a restaurant or I go to, uh, you know, anything, any place of business, wherever, I'm always an observer. I'm mm. like paying attention to how they're doing things. And, you know, this resort, uh, the Pedregal is, is by all means a, a very, very, very nice resort, top, mm. top notch. Um, and I've been to other top notch resorts. Like mm -hmm. I, you know, I've been doing this for a minute, you know, and, uh, I was just the amount, the level of service that that place had and the level of attention to detail was something that even somebody who's very, very, very used to paying attention to those things was impressed by. I was, mm -hmm. it was very impressive. That's what, that's what got me. Yeah. I, it yeah. was very impressive. Yeah. Yeah, when you brought that up, I knew it had to be something fucking pretty special. Yeah, it was, um, it was uh, like anywhere you went on the resort, they knew your name. And it didn't matter who it was. It didn't matter if it was the guy sweeping up the sidewalks, if yeah. it was your waiter, if it was, the, if it was the, you know, the busser or any of the other jobs on this resort. It didn't matter. They knew mm. who the fuck you were. And it wasn't just because it was me. Yeah. It, because like it wasn't just for me. Like it was for every single guest on the resort. And mm. it was, it was, uh, it, whoever's running that, like however they do it, it, they're doing a good job. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you find yourself now, like at 24 years in, do you find yourself constantly like looking at these other industries, restaurants, wherever you go and like finding these comparisons, like of what we could be doing better? Like how often do you, I guess, reflect on that? Well, 
Because like, I have it, like, I mean, like all I said, the time. Like, yeah. And, and, and it's cool because what you asked, um, I actually do look at the restaurant industry for a lot, the, the hospitality industry, right? Hotels, yeah. restaurants. It's people. Yeah. yeah. Because like, dude, that's where you're going to see uh, very strong examples of going above and beyond for people. And that's something that, uh, you know, I always try to pay special attention when I do, because I don't travel a lot. I, st- I like to do my own thing, man. I like to go to my house. I like to come here. I really don't fuck around with anybody. I kind of do my own thing. And, and it's not, you know, because I don't enjoy being around people. It's just, that's how I, that's my natural way of enjoying life. It's just, mm-hmm. I like to be left the fuck alone. And um, I like to be around people too, but they got to be the right kind of people, right? <laughs> right? Like, cool. yeah. yeah, like <laughs> I, I'm not one for bullshit conversation. I'm not one for small talk. I mm-hmm. want to talk about real shit. I want to talk about shit that matters. And if I'm around those kind of people, bro, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, you know, half the people out there aren't that way. And so, you know, I'm not saying I'm a hermit, but I don't travel that much. But when I do travel, um, I pay real close attention. And when I go to a restaurant, I pay real close attention. And it's not because I'm trying to critique them. I'm actually viewing it from a perspective of what can I learn? What right. can I do to get better? And, you know, I think a lot of people, they go to these places and they look for holes. Mm-hmm. And they, gotcha. Yeah, right. Right there. And like, dude, look, man, you know, when you run a high level, high attention detail operation, whether it be a company or, uh, you know, like our companies or resorts or restaurants or whatever category, when you when you take pride and people know that you take pride and, and, and you're expected to hold a very high standard, there's going to be people that want to fucking poke and look for the negative, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's okay because I, I think it helps you get better, right? Mm. Like when I'm actually very grateful when people point a problem out to me so that I can correct that problem. Um, but I think we as consumers, as entrepreneurs, we do ourselves a much better service by actually going to these places instead of like looking for the things wrong, looking for the things they're doing right mm. and understanding like, dude, okay, like there's going to be little things. And you can learn from the things they do wrong too, but like because we're we live in this society that is so focused on where people fuck up and and like I got you right, mm-hmm. like everybody wants to get like motherfucker, like cool. Like if you're a true <laughs> if you're a true operator, you're gonna look at those situations as an opportunity to get better. That won't affect real operators. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. Like you're like okay, fuck, you got me. Like let me fucking fix that over here real quick, you know. And that's how you should be addressing it. Yeah. But I think because we live in this society that's like that, and you know, I, while I do think cancel culture is dying out, uh, I don't think people are thinking it's very cool. I think people are realizing that it's not something to be a part of or contribute to, to no matter what side you're on. Um, I think we have a propensity to look at the bad things when we go to places, and that keeps us from learning from where we can get better. So mm-hmm. what I try to do, like, the whole time I was down there, dude, I was watching these guys trying to figure out, okay, look, well, how could we translate this to our business where we could create a better experience for our people? Yeah. You know, and, and, um, you know, I got some, I got a, a bunch of notes. I got like a whole, a whole bunch of notes. Uh, but like, it's very rare. And I don't mean, to, I mean this as a matter of fact, I'm not saying this to brag or anything, but I have very particular high standards. And I think my companies speak for themselves. Do we have hiccups sometimes? Sure. Do we have problems sometimes? Sure. But generally, we're doing things at a very high level. And when I can go to a place 
and be super fucking impressed, that gets me excited. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, there's another level to get to here. Yeah. And um, yeah. that doesn't happen. The more detail-oriented that you become, the more, the more seasoned you become and the more you operate that way, the more rare those experiences are. Like, it's very difficult to wow me. It's very difficult to blow me away, right? Like, because that's what I'm always trying to figure out how to do better. Mm-hmm. But these guys did it, man. And it was, it was cool. Yeah, and uh, it was the pe- every from e- every single person, dude. There was not like there was not a single person that wasn't on point there. It was yeah. impressive, dude. Yeah, how many? How many? Like quickly, how, how many staff? How, how how many people do you think would you say was employed there? Like are we talking oh, a, a ton, like a thousand maybe? No, not that many. It's only a hundred room resort. Oh, a small. Okay, yeah, it's okay. a little place. Yeah, um, but I mean, fuck. It seemed like there was at least three people for every guest, hmm. like running the play yeah you know what i mean it was cool dude and like you know people are like oh i hope you got the detect like i got the all these dms like hey motherfuckers i can't detach when you dm me the whole fucking vacation <laughs> no shit. you know what i'm saying <laughs> oh i hope you got to detach while i'm typing on- like, bro <laughs> i stopped posting halfway through the trip because like like that's all it was oh i hope you got some r and how about just like the motherfucking picture, bro, and let me have a minute? Because like I try to be responsive and respectful to people, but yeah. like I'm just being real. Like, like people aren't aware. Mm-hmm. Like if I post a picture, like like it doesn't mean I'm going through some sort of fucking life crisis, bro. I actually just like photography, <laughs> right? And I used to be pretty good at it back in the day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that they're like, oh, you're posting yeah. these beautiful pictures. It seems like something deep's going. Motherfucker, I'm taking pictures. You on your journey? Yeah. Like, dude, what? Like, what the fuck? Like, why is everything got to mean something? Yeah. Like, everybody's got to attach this meaning to some shit. Like, is it surprise you that I'm uh, that I have an artistic eye? Right. Like, have you paid attention to the content that my companies have put out for the last fucking two decades? Like, we do things pretty decent. Yeah. I have to. I, you know, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, I'm multi-dimensional i can take some pictures i can appreciate art yeah you know i even speak a little bit of uh, different languages sometimes like yeah. i'm you know i'm not this fucking redneck from missouri that y'all motherfuckers think i am <laughs> like i actually got a little bit that's, of culture. that's really what it is i, I know it is it's they got, racism they got, yeah they got yeah it's that's racism what it that's what it is against missouri yeah and all of our cousins yeah <laughs> fuck dude like i you know it's just dude it's just weird yeah like motherfucker i'm just tra- trying to share some cool pictures with y'all and you got to make it about some life journey. And you ask about ayahuasca. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm just like, I don't know, man. I'm just taking some pictures. Yeah. But it was cool. Like, it, you know, it was a good time. Uh, I put on fucking eight pounds when I was there. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. But I think that's mainly because I drank. Mm-hmm. I didn't get, like, drunk or anything. Like, I just drank a few beers every day. But, but my body's so not used to it that I think I was just retaining water. Because mm-hmm. I was down, like, after one day of 75 hours, like, four of, four of the eight pounds. Yeah. So yeah, I want to say, well, that's the other thing too. So we're it's day two. Uh, this will probably be day three when you guys are listening. But yeah. seventy five hard's going good, mm-hmm. and uh, we're right back into it, man. So it feels yeah, good. dude. I'm excited about this round of seventy five hard because uh, I was I was really doing well in the last one when I got knocked off at day fifty one. I think it was. I was kicking ass, bro, and mm-hmm. it was very, very, very difficult for me to get as sick as I got, and like. You know, I don't think people realize that I was sick for over a month. Like, it wasn't like I was sick for a couple of days. I actually had an infection that took an entire month for me to get out of my body. Mm-hmm. So it was like, a, it wasn't like a little deal. 
And that fucked me up mentally, dude. I'm just being real. Like it fucking hammered me because like I finally felt like, all right, I'm going to get past the shoulder injury. I'm going to get back to where I was. I, I'm going to be better than I was whenever I got hurt and I could like fucking see it. And then that I got hammered with that thing. Yeah. So like, you know, it was frustrating. So I'm excited to get back to it. Um, I'm going to give it everything I fucking got for the next 75 days and probably do phase one right afterwards. Uh, but I, I really think after this 75 days, if, as long as I don't get fucking sick or some shit like that again, or something unforeseen happen. I mean, cause like there was nothing I could do, bro. It wasn't like I could like tough that out. Right. It, it, right. I mean, I had fucking my doctors at my house for three fucking days straight. I, mean, I was sick as fuck. And, um, that's probably why, you know, I probably pushed a little too hard cause I, you know, was so determined on getting through it, but. The reality is, is like, I'm going to give it everything I fucking got. If you guys want to join me, you can uh, check out episode 208 and it'll give you the whole rundown on 75 hard and live hard program and how it works. Um, you know, we're only on day three. So like you should fucking jump in if it's something that you want to make this change. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people have gone already gone through the cycle of New Year's not really working out for them and then falling off and kind of like they're in that limbo stage. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, guys, you give it 75 days full effort, you're going to look, feel, and be a completely different person by the beginning of fucking May. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, And uh, guess what? May's coming regardless. Yeah, that's right. So, like, dude, I invite you guys to join with me. If you don't want to, that's cool, too. But I'm going to be giving it everything I got. So, despite all the DMs, like, did you really get a time to yeah, decompress was, and all of that? No, it was cool, bro. Like, it was nice to see some new scenery, you know. Um, it was weird. You know, I think... It's, you know, that wasn't a long, it wasn't a long enough time for me to disconnect. I haven't been on a vacation since, uh, uh, Emily and I's honeymoon. So it was a 10 and a half years since the last vacation that I've been on that wasn't for work or speaking or something like that. Like right. I traveled, but it's always been for some version of work. Right. Um, but this was the first time I like, wasn't getting paid to go somewhere. Right. And it was cool, dude. Uh, you know as far as disconnecting, I think I really, I really truly think social media makes it hard to disconnect. Mm. I think next time I go on a trip, I don't think I'm going to fucking utilize social at all or, or post anything during the time. Because like, you know, you do have a lot of friends and your DMS and shit that you talk to regularly. And you know, I found myself a couple times getting sucked in for a couple hours when I'd really honestly rather not be doing that. Yeah. Um, and it's no fault of theirs. It's just the nature of how we do things now. Um, but I got some time to hang out and like relax and, you know, chill. And I think next time it's going to be longer and it's going to be less connection back to reality. Um, and I do feel like, I don't know, I, I feel different now that I'm back. Um, more normal, less anxiety, less, hmm. less stress a little bit, not a lot bit, but a little bit. And like, um, like before I left, dude, like I was at a point and you know this, like I wasn't even driving, like I wasn't doing the things that I enjoy to do. Like, and I don't have that many hobbies. Like one of my hobbies, and I'm not saying this to fucking brag, but it's, I like high performance fucking cars mm -hmm. and, um, driving is something that I enjoy. It's, it's not something I do for status. Um, and like today I drove one of my cars, which I hadn't driven a car. I haven't driven one of my cars since probably november or december mm -hmm. because it, the weather's been shitty and all that among other things huh yeah yeah i may or may not have a valid driver's <laughs> license right now but we're gonna get that taken care of um i didn't do anything wrong I yeah, right right, didn't, right right didn't 
get it renewed in time. So now I actually have to go take the test again. We talked about making that a YouTube video, but I don't know if they'd allow us to do that. We still got time. Yeah, it'd be funny. Hopefully I pass. Well, yeah, I mean, that, yeah. that, that's the, the big question, but yeah. Yeah. But no, it was good, man. It was good. It's, uh, I learned a couple things. You know, I, I learned that I have to do a better job of consciously trying to disconnect. Mm. Uh, I think my opinion of social media is getting worse and worse and worse, not better. My desire to want to post and interact on social is becoming less and less. Um, but I also think that I also think that goes along with like I'm getting to a point in my life where I don't, and this is going to sound weird, but you should all relate to it. Like I don't feel like I need to sell anybody on my life anymore. Like I feel like my results speak for themselves. I don't have much to prove to anybody else. You guys kind of know what I'm about. You listen to the show, you see the show. We communicate on the show. There's more context on the show. I enjoy doing the show. You guys enjoy viewing it. Um, but the overall drama of social and the amount of time that it's, like I mentioned this a, a couple of weeks ago, it's just something that I'm going to probably participate less in. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, there's a whole lot of life out there, bro. And it's real shit. Like mm. it's real. There's like, that was, that was one thing that was, that was evident because I was off social for most of the trip. You really notice how good people are in real life when you disconnect from social you know it's easy for us to look at social and be like fuck everybody's a piece of shit everybody's angry yeah but dude it's not that way Mm -hmm. it's it's a small minority of people on the far left and the far right arguing and then there's you know the cloud chasers who look to create drama and controversy so they can get attention because they have nothing else to offer you know and shit like that so you live in this constant environment of like bullshit and I think it's very clear when you disconnect for even a little bit, even if it's just like a day or two that, and you go out in the real world, you're like, fuck, this is this, this, what we see on these screens represents very little reality mm-hmm. to what actually goes on in real life. I would argue none. Uh, I mean, very, very little. Yeah. Like, like most of the shit that, that people argue about on social media, like you can't even find in the real world. Mm-hmm. You don't see it. You know what I'm saying? The people the, arguing, you don't see them. Yeah. I very bro. rarely see them. Dude, and people don't talk to each other like that in real life. No. Like you don't like like the world is much better in reality than it is on social media. And I think people have so many people have been so head down utilizing the benefits of social for business that you get sucked into it and it becomes like your whole life. Like mm. I see this a lot with like some influencers, right? Like influencers want to like get the views so fucking bad. And at first it's because they want to make a living, right? But then what happens is, is it like sucks them in mm-hmm. to where like this is their whole entire world, bro. And they're sitting there on their fucking couch or they're at their desk or wherever they're, you know, their bed or whatever. And the whole fucking life is passing them by. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think more and more people, and I talked about this for the last three years, I think more and more people are going to start disengaging with these types of social. And I think more and more people uh, are going to value brick and mortar, real life business more. I think you're going to see, I already know brick and mortar growth is for businesses doing it right is going very well right now. Um, and I think you're going to see a lot of companies transition back uh, from an online, like only type presence to, you know, doing business, the kind of like the, what you would call the old way. I think you're going to see clothing companies Go back to cataloging. Mm. I think you're going to see people not wanting to spend their time on social. And so companies 
uh, are going to have to find, you know, creative ways, which are the old ways of getting their attention. Right. And so I think, you know, we're going to see a, we're going to, we're going to see a little of both. We're going to see some people dive more into it, but I think a lot of people at this point in time, you know, we're really into, I don't know, 13, 14 years of where most people were familiar with social, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And the early people that were there, I mean, they've been on it for a decade going hard. And I think a lot of people are becoming disenfranchised and disengaged with the whole concept of like living on this fucking screen. Yeah. And so I think what you're going to see in business, and, and I think it's going to come down to the companies that can adapt to uh, real world scenarios again. And I also think there's an opportunity for advertising platforms in the real world as well to do really well again. Mm. Um, people are rejecting the idea of the metaverse. You know, they're not like I told you they would. Mm -hmm. They don't want to sit at home and live in a virtual world with some fucking goggles on. They're not going along with the 2030 agenda of you will own nothing and like it. Uh, we're not eating fucking crickets. Like none of this shit's going to happen, dude. And because people are going to reject the fuck mm -hmm. out of it. Um, and that's why you're seeing, you know, a war being escalated because I believe that in their hopes of the ruins of the war that they're work, working to create, they think they're going to take over. Uh, which ain't going to happen then either. So like no. these motherfuckers are going to go down swinging and they're going to burn the fucking world up on the way out. And you know, I'm here for it. it. Yeah. Well, had you listened whenever people said, Hey, don't wear the fucking mask and not complied. We wouldn't be here right now. You know, all those people that stood up, this is for CTI, but like, I'm just being real. All those people that stood up and say, Hey, this is bullshit that lost their businesses, lost their contracts, lost their fucking following, got canceled blah, 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 um, and got harassed for three fucking years, et cetera. Those people were right. And you motherfuckers that didn't believe them were wrong. And these people are now telling you they're going to destroy the fucking world to escape accountability for the crimes that they perpetrated on you. And now you don't believe it's again. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, dude, and so like that makes me think that it's going to happen either way. And I believe that the only chance for freedom that exists in our globe ever again I don't know that I don't know how this war thing is going to pan out if someone's going to come in and save the day, but it sure doesn't fucking feel like it's going to happen. Yeah. And it sure does feel like this war is going to be escalated to mass fucking levels. Like I said, you know, a few years ago. Um, and it sure does feel like, you know, what I think their plan is, is that at the end of that, whatever is left, they're going to claim and form the one world government that they've been trying to get through all these fucking other ways. Mm. And the very, very elite are going to try to have a, all control over fucking every human being on earth. Um, and everybody else is not going to have shit and that's their plan. And so the only chance that I see for freedom to fucking actually, you know, truly reestablish itself is at that key point when after that, when shit is fucked up, if everybody's ready to just, you know, like at the most vulnerable time, take it back and make it free again. But like, I'm, I'm, it's frustrating, dude. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Well, uh, let's talk about how we can uh, get better to prepare for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, that's the main point, guys, is like personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion. The better you are, the less of a customer you are for them, for all mm -hmm. their shit. And, you know, all these business trends that we're talking about, you know, these, these, it's, it's interesting how all of these things are counter to what most of the quote unquote experts are out there saying. But then when you look at what the experts are trying to tell people is actually happening, uh, none of that data backs up that opinion. You know, nope. like all the stocks of these tech companies is falling. The, the amount of people on 
uh, social and the amount of people who are engaging in social is it's it's becoming uncool. Yeah. Right. The trend is like like it's almost starting to become uncool to spend like all your time on social media. Right. And so like you start to look at that and then you compare that with real world data of brick and mortar companies that are operating properly, providing a good experience, doing very well right now. Uh, I know because I own a few. Okay. And I know a bunch of people that own them as well. And you cut, you kind of put all that shit together, bro. And I, you know, I, I feel like people want to go back to like being normal human beings and they are mm-hmm. tired of the shit. Yep. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah, we, uh, we shall. Cause it's coming quick. Yeah. So we'll see. I think there's a balance. I think, I think what's actually happening here is that there's a balance. There's a balance being created, right? Like, like people, because this technology is so new, people have pushed so far over to one side and now people are starting to push back. And I think what we're going to find is that there's going to be a healthy balance where people are comfortable with a certain amount of technology in their life. Um, there is some regulation. Yeah. And yeah. there's going to be some privacy regulations. That's good. Cause like, yeah. that's going to have to happen to save these things. Mm-hmm. Like people are not going to continue. It's the only way it would be allowed. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to like more and more people every day are starting to realize that these tools are used to spy on us on our whole fucking lives. These, you know, the things that Snowden was trying to tell us mm-hmm. about how they're watching us through our computers and they can access us even when the power cord isn't connected and look in our cameras. That's all fucking true shit. And people, more people are starting to realize it. And that's accelerating the rejection of this technology. And mm-hmm. I think a couple things are going to have to happen for technology to like to find that balance. But I think privacy is a huge part of it. Like there's going to have to be regulation. Like these motherfuckers should not have the, the right to listen to our conversations or to fucking hack into our computers. And I'm not talking about the media companies. I'm talking about the government. Well, any company. Anybody. Yeah. Like we should all have an individual sense of privacy and that should be protected by the strongest letter of the law. Because dude, right now, like when you become aware, one of the reasons people have so much anxiety is because they know that like you're, you can't escape it, mm-hmm. right? And like how many of us voted to live like this? How many of us want to live our lives like this? I don't see anybody fucking saying, oh no. yeah, I wanted to live in a surveillance state. Govern me harder, daddy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and we, saying now that. they inched us into this under the, under the guise of, oh, well, it's a private company. You signed in the terms and conditions. Well, that's because there's been no regulation whatsoever. And I think a good amount, I, I'm, I'm very much anti-fucking big government, but I think some fucking regulations on our own privacy and our ability to have free speech on the technology that actually where all the conversations are happening is a reasonable fucking thing for anybody to agree that we all need. Mm-hmm. So anyway, let's do the questions because we're 30 minutes into bullshit. Here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Guys, people, let's get into this. Even get to the fucking question. Yeah, let's get to this, man. Uh, and question number one. Andy, I found myself to be someone who avoids conflict all the time. I hate arguing, uh, going through any type of conflict at all, really. Um, and when faced with a problem, I'd much rather just solve it on my own. Um, and I've always looked at conflict as just this terrible thing to avoid. Question is, can I, should I change this? And then what are the tips that you have to overcome this? Well, look. Like I said previously, before the question started, you know, anytime we open social media, we're inundated with conflict of every kind. All right. We, we, we get shown the worst of the worst and the worst in society. And then the other part of the internet is a bunch of people trying to call people out and get clout for like fucking tearing other people down. 
So we're, we're looking at conflict 24 hours a day. So you have to realize in the real world, conflict is a very minimal situation. It doesn't mm. happen every day. It doesn't, and, and, and it doesn't happen uh, over and over. But when we get on social, what happens is we get so fucking inundated with it, we just kind of like freeze up and we're like, fuck. Mm. And what you have to realize is that conflict is an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity to improve. It's an opportunity to get better on both parties when there is a conflict. And as long as a conflict is addressed um, per, with a productive perspective, I think conflict can be a very good thing and a healthy thing, especially inside an organization. Uh, you know, the best ideas don't come from things going great. The mm. best ideas come from when things are fucked up and you find this crazy solution that is a great idea. So like, I don't think that you should, I think you need to change your perspective on how you look at conflict and you should start looking at it instead of taking it personal or if people don't like you, you should look at it as, okay, um, I'm taking the emotion out of it. I actually did an Andy Graham on this a couple of days ago, guys, about taking the emotion out of your decision-making. I take the emotion out of it and I look at the, the reality, okay? Is this true? Yes or no? Okay, yes, it's true. And that, that doesn't feel very good. What can I do to fix it? How can I be better? Right. And, and, and then I take whatever I learned from the conflict and I go be better. Apply, and that's yeah. what I've always done. Um, sometimes the person on the other side of the conflict is going to, is you guys are going to be able to work it out. Sometimes, you know, people aren't in a place where they want to work things out. I found that most of the time when you're honest with people and you treat them with respect, there's a, an amicable compromise that can come that where both people respect each other, feel heard, feel valued and walk away better from conflict. You know, some of my best friends in the world are people I didn't even like in the beginning when I met them. Right. Mm -hmm. So like we have to understand that conflict can have a lot of healthy outcomes, but it's up to you to, to make them healthy, you know, cause you want to always see eye to eye with other people. You're not always going to be able to get a handshake and a hug when this shit's over with. Most of the time, yeah. But sometimes, no. I wouldn't want to. It, yeah, I, well, that's you. Yeah. But a lot of people have, you, you're not a people pleaser in that way, bro. Yeah. Like you're, you're a man who stands on his own values and when right's right and wrong is wrong. And that's something that you're comfortable doing. But there's a lot of people out there that have a really hard time when people like have, comp like this person here, mm -hmm. this person, you got to understand, what they're talking about is like paralyzing fear of someone not liking them or agreeing with them or seeing things with their perspective, which is a very hard way to go through life yeah. because that's not reality, dude. And so, you know, and, and, and dude, I'm one of those people. Like I'm a person where I, you know, as much as like you guys think, oh, it's fuck, you know, fuck everybody. I had to develop that part of me. Like mm. that's what I had to develop. My natural inclination when I was a young person before I developed the boundaries and the understanding of when to fuck off with someone or when to listen, right? My natural inclination was to always have my feelings hurt when people fucking didn't see eye to eye with me. I took it very personal. And that comes from me not being secure with who I am. Mm. And so I can, I can empathize with someone who struggles with this because when I was younger, uh, in my teenage years especially, I, I really struggled with this. And uh, I think a lot of people struggle with this. But I think the, the, the key to getting through it and growing is to understand that, that conflict, you have to, dude, you do the best you can. When you, when you make mistakes, be humble enough to say, okay, I can fix that. Um, regardless if you make it right with the other person or not, because sometimes people won't allow you to make it right. 
All right. So you got to take the lessons that you learn, you make them right, you improve as a person and you grow. And along the way, there's, you know, especially in business, you're going to have situations where you do everything right. And the the person's still going to hate you for some whatever fucking yeah, reason, bro. Yeah. And sometimes those people come around years later and they say, well, dude, I was wrong or whatever. So the only thing that we can really worry about is like ourselves, what we learn from the conflict, how can, we can actually get better. And I think it's a good idea to try and make it right with people when you have these conflicts, depending on what kind of conflict it is. Because there is a time where, you know, someone is clearly the fuck out of line and you got to hold a fucking standard. And if yeah. you don't hold a standard at that point, people will walk all over you. So there's, that's a huge reality as well. A lot of people get walked all over because they're so afraid of conflict that they won't set up any kind of boundary whatsoever. So like you have to be, you have to be the judge of this scenario. Like you've got to tell yourself the truth. This is why being a realist is so important. Like, cause sometimes, especially the bigger you get in business, people are going to criticize you for shit that ain't even fucking true. Okay. And like, dude, when you're someone who's trying, and, and by the way, this all conflicts, this all conflicts into like this big mess, because the reason that you got big in the first place is because you give a fuck about people. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you care a lot. That's why you're successful. Then you get to a point where you get so big that people start trying to poke holes in your shit just because you're shining in a way that they may not like. Mm -hmm. All right. So you've got to figure out like, is this person actually have a legitimate gripe? Is this something I could do better? Is this my fault or, or are they out of line? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so like, dude, there's truth to all of that. Mm. And you, I think the best thing that someone can do is really train themselves to see the reality of the situation and remove themselves from their own perspective in it and remove and try to put yourself over in this perspective as well, right? Like walking a mile in someone else's shoes is a pretty good idea when you have a conflict with them. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? A lot of people forget that shit because yeah. they're so mad and they're so angry. But being able to look at it. So like what I try to do, dude, in these situations, like if I find myself in a situation, you know, which happens quite often when you're running a fucking bunch of shit, you yeah. know, and they're you know, waiting you on you. Huh? <laughs> the conflicts are waiting on you. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's normal shit. And yeah. like, but like, dude, I used to be like this person where I would like paralyze me. Right. Mm. And so, like, I've grown a lot in that regard to where now it's, I'm like, okay, well, what is it? What's going on? Okay, is that true? No, it's not true. Okay, well, this person just doesn't understand. Try to talk to them. If, if they're like, fuck you, well, there's nothing I can do about that. Right. All I can do is do my best, my real best, not fucking bullshit best. Yeah. There's a difference. But what I try to do in a little hack that I think is valuable for all of you guys is to, like, look at the situation as if you're observing two other people. Hmm. So, so like if you can like see the conflict that you're currently yeah. in and you can like observe it as if it's two different people that you're not, it's not you and it's not them, but it's these two other people and you kind of observe this thing, it gives you a good perspective of what the truth actually is. Yeah. Right. So, um, that's a hack I've used and, and I, I, you know, I also use that hack by the way, when I got to make hard decisions, like when I have to make difficult decisions, dude. I don't, I don't think of it like it's me. I think of it like I work for this guy named Andy who's over there mm -hmm. who has all these goals, all these obligations, all these dreams. And I have to make a decision that's in, this, in the best interest of over here, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, whether it's hard or not hard, I have to do what the fucking right thing. And so like when I, when I have to make hard decisions or have conversations that aren't, that aren't fun to have, 
I try to remember like, okay, I work for this other dude over here. Yeah. I got to do a fucking job. That's powerful shit yeah. right there. So there's some free game for you guys. Yeah, no shit. It's very helpful. Yeah. Uh, Any question number two. Andy, I am a musician, a rapper specifically. Um, I put a lot of effort and energy into making the best quality music and content I can with the resources I currently have. Even still, in the past, when I would drop content, I would be discouraged by the results or lack thereof. Yeah. Um, by listening to you, I've learned to understand that the journey to success is a long road and consistency and persistence is key. Um, but I'm curious, what what would you say to yourself to keep showing up every single day when you went through a similar period in your early days of business? Um, this is something I know a lot of creatives struggle with, so I would like to know your input. Um, what do you tell yourself to keep you going through the days? It's not what I tell myself. It's what I ask myself. Hmm. What's my life going to be like if I quit? That's hmm. what I ask myself. What's my life going to look like if I quit? To this day. To this day, that's how I, I ask myself. Mm-hmm. I ask myself the same thing today. Uh, okay, I, like, like, dude, real talk, you think I want to come back in on fucking Monday morning after being in Mexico for a fucking week? No. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. Like, yeah. it, you're walking, I'm walking, I already know what I'm walking into, which mm-hmm. is a whole, because like, look, dude, my, prop, my job is to solve the fucking problems. All right? Because yep, you're not and there. By, those, the way, yeah, yeah. by the way, <laughs> I don't solve the little problems. Mm-hmm. Those all get solved by our amazing people here, right? Right. So by the time it comes to me, guess what kind of problem it is? It's a fucking stressful problem. It's a train derailment, right? Yeah, that's right. Too soon. Yeah, it didn't exist. <laughs> you know, <laughs> our fucking president rather go over to Ukraine. That's, that's the other episode. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that's unacceptable. By the way, it is. It is. But I got a lot to say about that motherfucker. That's bullshit. Oh yeah. But uh, but look, dude, you know. I know what I'm walking into mm. and I know it's going to, I know I'm getting the fucking hammer broke. Cause that's what my job is, is to get the fucking hammer. And, um, you know, so I was nervous and I had a little anxiety. I'm like, Oh fuck, this is weird. You know? And, but the truth is, is like, I, you know, I'm like, fuck dude, I, I could stay home. Mm. Right. I could have not went, I could have said, Hey, uh, I'm not going in. Like, I don't have to fucking come here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I fucking was sitting there and I'm like, well, if I don't go today, that means I'm less likely to go next week when we have mm-hmm. another meeting. That means the week after that, I'm going to blow that off. I'd rather not start this. We got a lot to do. I got a lot of responsibility. What's going to happen if I let this go? Mm-hmm. Right? And guess what I did? Got the fuck up, got in the shower and got my fucking ass here and I gave the meeting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like I try to tie in if I were you and, 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 this is what has always worked for me. You know, I don't evaluate the risk of doing. I, I evaluate the risk of not doing. Mm. And so, you know, when you're struggling and when you're young and you're not getting the attention, like, dude, it's hard. It's hard. Like, oh. especially like for young people now, because the Internet's been around for a minute. Like, it, it, and this is tr- this is just true shit. And I don't care what anybody says. People can fucking argue this all day. But like. It was much easier to gain a following in the earlier days of the internet, right? Mm-hmm. It would, now you have everybody sort of, it's the game has been discovered and like it's still early and I think it will evolve, like I said in the last question. But I mean, it's, there's so many fucking people doing the shit on the internet at a functional level that it's hard to stand out. Mm-hmm. Back in the beginning, you, you, you could just, you could be, 
there was more diversity in content too. Now, now I see everybody doing the exact, the exact same, same shit. Like, bro, shit. like I see all these motherfuckers uh, doing these videos now where they're sitting in front of a microphone like they're on a fucking podcast when they're not even have a fucking podcast. <laughs> they just have microphones. Yeah, bro. Like, look, dude, you, <laughs> th- that there's not a hack to this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is years and years and years of anything. Just like whatever it is they're good at. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So like we have to understand that like content creation and getting a following and all that shit is it's much harder now than it was then. And so it's easier for people who were like in this person's situation uh, to feel fucking demoralized because it takes, you know, time to do this. And you see all these other people who are probably not even as good as you are at what you do, getting far more credit and, and appraise. And I think the thing that to remember here is that this is a game of longevity. This is a game of continuing to push, continuing to grow. The journey that you're on is going to produce the ultimate version of you, which is what you're after anyway, mm. because the, the, the skills that you have right now are only going to get better. They're only going to be honed more. They're only going to develop more the more you keep trying. And like, dude, here's the truth too, is many people that are fucking doing this most people still won't even make content because they're fucking afraid of what the boogeyman might have to say about them, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So like, dude, the fact that you're in the fucking game, even after all this time and you feel like demoralized, you're still incredibly ahead of everybody else, bro. That's a big fucking deal. And so, you know, I see this all the time and, and I see, you know, what's one, one, one cool way to think about it too is like, dude, TikTok's a great way to build a following. Like I don't do TikTok personally. Um, because I kind of let everybody else just share out my shit. Uh, and I'm not interested in doing another social media platform. But the the amount of growth that you can see on TikTok because the fucking algorithm is pretty open, it, it, you could build a massive following pretty quick there. Mm. Uh, however, you know, you have to deal with the fucking, with it being a Chinese spyware, which is what the fuck it is. And like, there's other negatives to it too. And that's another reason why I don't fucking do it. But like, you know, comparing yourself to people who've been doing shit for a long time is always demoralizing, bro. Mm. Like I can remember back when I was, you know, in 2000, I can remember that, dude, this is, this is a real story. I remember back in 2000 fucking 10, 2009, 2010, I had this idea um, that I went and spoke, I went and spoke to this big company about that was much, I mean, a big, big company at the time. And um, I showed my idea. I said, I said, this is, this is how the industry lays. This is what, what you guys could do to change it. And we'd like to be a little part of it. You know, we don't, we didn't have the money or the capacity or the resources to like do this. So I brought this idea to this company and they fucking laughed us out the room, bro. They laughed us out the room. You know what he said? He said, well, if you think that's such a good idea, you should go do it yourself. Guess what the fuck I did. Mm. And now I'm here. See what yeah. I'm saying? But that shit hurt and that shit fucking made me sad and it made me feel like a fucking loser. And so like a lot of the things that you're going through right now, feeling demoralized and feeling like you're disrespected, those things will actually carry you to success. It's part of the game. Fuck yeah, bro. You think I don't have a massive chip on my shoulder, even though I proved those motherfuckers wrong? You don't think I fucking love the fact that if I went and talked to the person who said that, I say, hey, bro, remember when you said this and this and this? And he'd be like, fuck, yeah, I know that was fucked. Well, you went out and did it. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think about that. Like, you know, it sounds fucked up, but it's truth. Yeah. Like, and, and dude, all these disrespectful things and all these slights and all these things, those things will come together if you allow them to, 
uh, as a really great source of fuel for you to continue to push down the down the road, which I think is necessary. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I think negative energy is the most powerful energy that you could fucking if you can absorb it, if you can control it and convert it into something positive. It's the most powerful energy. It's way more powerful than positive energy. Mm. It'll drive you to work much harder. And dude, you can talk about metaphysical, quantum physical, spiritual beliefs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, bro, you got to put motherfucking rubber to the road, which means you got to fucking work, okay? In the real world, out here in real life, yeah. you got to fucking work. Not here, here. Right. And it's a massive, it's a massive it's a massive compliment to, to this person that they are even moving that direction, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I think there's so much to be said for the people who just fucking try, dude. Like, so many people, like, think of all the great inventions. Think of all the great businesses. Think of all the great solutions. Think of all the greatness, period, that is left on the fucking table because people are fucking afraid of what's going to happen to them on social media. Mm. Or they're afraid to be called a name. Or they're afraid to be made fun of. Or they're afraid to be canceled. This is one of the biggest fucking dangers of cancel culture. This is why you shouldn't participate in it. Even when it's fucking, you know, not your, your side or the other side. Like, it's not a good thing in society. Yeah, um, It should be reserved. Cancel culture should be reserved for the harshest things. You know, part of the reason the harshest things are being allowed to happen now, like such as the sexualization of children, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, pedophilia being normalized, which is really happening globally. The reason that's allowed to happen is because there's a space being made for it because when people cancel fucking Joe Blow for doing whatever Joe Blow does, they, it's, it's, it's the same thing as like, when everything is a certain way, then nothing is a certain way. Mm -hmm. So like if everything is cancelable, then when you try to cancel fucking Balenciaga for what they did, it doesn't fucking work. Spoy cries wolf. Yeah. And yeah. so like as society, one of the changes that I think we need to make is, is we need to be a bit more selective about where the fuck we take that power. Mm -hmm. um, but because of that power and because it's misused and because it's become a societal norm and it is a weapon, it's a fucking social weapon. It's meant to divide. It, this, this was not this cancel culture was propagated and inserted into our society intentionally okay and the reason is so that we all fucking argue and so we're all afraid and we're afraid to speak up we're afraid to say shit right but but here's a here's a side effect of it that no one really talks about it's like young people like this um th like that's what i'm saying this person deserves a lot of credit but it's it's people who have greatness inside of them that are afraid to get off the fucking bench because of the abnormal situation of cancel culture in society. Mm. See what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Like we're missing out on a lot of fucking greatness because- Culminated with the idea that it's supposed to be quick and easy to yeah. do. Well, yeah, that's a whole nother discussion. Yeah, man. But like, you know, people, I'm, you know, I'm a huge anti-cancel culture type person. And, uh, you know, I think we as a society need to do a better job of like, giving people grace when they make a mistake or when something, you know, uh, when they fuck up or whatever. Right. And being able to delineate if it's just a one or a two time mistake or something, ha or if they're an evil person, I think cancel culture should be completely fucking redirected and utilized for evil things. Mm -hmm. You know, we have fucking communism happening in this country. That's a big fucking problem. Don't see no cancel culture there. That's what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> you know, well, weird? that's because they're the motherfuckers that inserted the cancel culture. Well, and they censored the ones that, yeah. 
That's another episode, guys. Well, <laughs> people need to know it. You know. Anyway, look, yeah. the point is that's real shit, though. Well, the point is just keep going, dude. Yeah. And like, and you know, ask yourself, what's my life really going to be like if I don't do this? Mm. Because here's the story I tell myself what my life's going to be like, and at this point, it's no longer true, because I have so many skills. Like people pay me to fucking teach their them skill sets, right? So like, I got job security for fucking ever. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, but what I tell myself is like when I was telling myself about getting out of bed and coming up and, you know, facing my responsibilities is, um, bro, if you don't, you're going to be digging ditches because when I started, when I started this company, if it didn't work, that's what I would have been doing. Mm. And so I imagine myself having to get up at fucking four o'clock in the morning, put on my work shit and go fucking work like, like real work, not fucking this bullshit work that we yeah, all call yeah, yeah. work. You know what callous, I'm saying? Callous yeah. work, and, yeah. it, and even though it's not a true story anymore, I still tell myself because that's what the fuck works for me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So you got to find something that is probably true. You know, mm. like for you, it might be you'd be working at McDonald's, cooking French fries and shit. No disrespect to those people that work at McDonald's, but McDonald's probably, for most people, isn't a career job. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or a choice, really. Yeah. So like, we got we to gotta tell ourselves the right story to get us fucking moving. And the story I told myself is if I don't keep going, bro, I'm going to dig ditches. And what I'm describing now in terms of uh, what we're talking about is what I call zero options mentality. It, it, because it's easy to have zero options mentality when you actually have zero options. Right. Like when you're in the beginning, you're where this person is and shit, like you don't have an option. Like, fuck, dude, it's easy to believe it, right? It's easy to believe. Like it was easy to believe in my first year of business that if I fucking fail, I'd be digging ditches. Yeah. As easy to fucking believe. Guess what? It was true. Yeah. Right. All right? You really would have been. Yeah, that's that. right. Yeah, yeah. So today, you know, here I am 24 years later, right? I've done pretty well in business by all accords and all standards. All right. I got a long way to go. I got a lot to do, but I'm been doing okay. I have to kind of lie to myself. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? I have to say, bro, if you don't fucking get your fucking ass out of bed, bro, and now it's not just you're going to be digging ditches, but all the motherfuckers that depend on you, they're going to be digging ditches too. Which I think that's even scarier. Fuck yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah that's what people don't get, dude. That's like, a whole different type of pressure, yeah, bro. It is. And it never stops. And it's real. Mm. It's, if you're not a piece of shit, it's real. Right, right. You know? Guys, the third and final question, Andy. Uh, question number three. Um, let's close it out. Andy, in a recent CTI episode, you spoke about giving, especially when you don't have much to give. And the power that it creates in the universe when you do it. I've also heard you mention not helping people when they just ask for it. Because hard times is what forges toughness and teaches lessons. Can you expand more on these views um, on when or what circumstances should align to truly give or help someone? Man, that's such a good question. I don't even know how to answer that, to be honest. Uh, Because it's, 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 I think it's a nuanced question. I think there's a time and place for both. I think that you have to learn to see the truth of the situation. Is this a situation where this person genuinely needs help? And are they someone who deserves help? Do they live uh, a good life? Are they a good person? Because um, everybody needs a hand sometimes. That's mm-hmm. reality, bro. I've, I've had a little help. Everybody's had a little help along the way. Okay. In different ways. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about in just different ways. All kinds of ways. Um, Sometimes it's important to be that help for people. So I think it's important to evaluate each situation on a case-by-case scenario 
And uh, when it's an honest thing, I think, I, I think, you know, you should do the good thing. Um, I think there's other scenarios that where you may have a, you know, and most of the time in these scenarios, I think it's, you know, you have a somewhat of a relationship with someone, meaning you know them and you know a little bit about them and they get themselves in a fucking pickle and you have to sort of look at the context of their behavior over the course of time to understand, is this pickle there, is this going to hurt them or damage them? Or is this something that they need to be hurt and damaged by so that they don't do a bigger mistake later? Mm -hmm. And so some thought needs to go into these things on an individual basis. And I think it's, you know, it, it definitely is a, a conflicting viewpoint a little bit, Yeah. but I think it's because there's nuance and I think there's no blanket answer. There's not just this. a catch all. No, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I think. No, that I, makes sense. Yeah. I can yeah. think of, I think I can think of scenarios many different ways where, um, that advice would, would not be the truth, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a great fucking question. I wish you guys would ask more questions like that. Like, that's a good fucking question. Yep. It actually makes me fucking think. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, I have to though. really fucking think about that because yeah. I think the way I do it is like I'm describing, like I'm just trying to reflect back in my head like how, how I do it. And I think it's, you know, the times I haven't helped people because I thought they needed to learn the lesson that also came from a place of love. It didn't come from a yeah. place of like, I'm going to teach you this. No, yeah. no. And yeah. that's it. Like I'm trying to operate with the best intention for the scenario. And sometimes dude, and I've learned this, like I've, I've made this mistake before where I've helped people and it kept them from learning a lesson that was important for them to learn. And then they ended up making that same mistake only way bigger later down the road. Mm. And like it fucking buried them. Or and you dude, got the end of the karmic stick. Well, yeah, bro. Or, yeah, right. And that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. It's like, dude, you know, like uh, Malik fucking taught me this. This is mm -hmm. a powerful thing that Malik taught me was that sometimes you can't step in front of karma because when you step in front of the karma, you're the one that gets delivered the fucking blow. This guy goes somewhere. Right. Yeah. And so like, and I believe there's some to that too, you know? So, and that's why I say you have to look at the context, mm -hmm. right? Like, it, it, dude, it's hard. It's a hard, it's yeah. a hard but dude, you know, doing the right thing isn't easy. You have to put some fucking thought into it. For sure. For and, sure. You know, I think the intent matters a lot. I think when you, when you can help someone and you choose not to, um, you have to understand that it's probably not going to seen as be seen from their point of view as loving, mm -hmm. right? Like this is part of like probably a lot of parents relate to this shit, right? Mm -hmm. um, but down the road, you know, hopefully they understand. But sometimes, you know, they don't. Yeah. And, and I think it's important that you make the right decision so that you can live with a clear conscience about how you handle these situations. Because even if you try, like, bro, I try really fucking hard to do what's right um, by every single person that comes across my face. And even trying as hard as I can, there's still going to be people that don't value that or don't see it that way and or appreciate it yeah, yeah. And, and that's the reality of life and so i think we all have to understand that not everybody's in the same place or the same vibe or the same fucking plane that you're on at this time and so that's why i think it's important for you to do the thing that you're going to feel best about to understand and dude and not not the weak thing either because the weak thing is is to never is to always help everybody mm -hmm. but what ends up happening is you end up handicapping a lot of fucking people by being that way yeah and that's a very like that's something that took me until I was probably 38, 39, maybe 40 years old 
to truly understand because I didn't grow up like like in a situation where I help a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. But when I when I started to do well in business, that changed. And like you start you start doing so well that you can solve people's problems and it's very little rub on your end. Like it doesn't it doesn't hurt to to you're not missing the fucking money. Yeah, this massive pain point over here yeah, it can be but, fixed. But it, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So like it's like this very weird mm. thing to like reconcile. It doesn't fucking hurt you. It's easy for you, right? And it solves this person's bad problem. Immediately. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so, but the problem is, is like, dude, people will sniff that the fuck out mm-hmm. and then they become the people who take advantage of you very yeah. quickly. They'll try to get more of those situations. Yeah, yeah bro. Yeah. And, and so like, dude, you gotta, you gotta know where those boundaries are. And it's a, it's a, it's a tough place. And it's not, that's why most, that's this real talk. This is why most wealthy, successful people that, you know, do not allow people access to them. Mm-hmm. This is why. They're very well insulated. Yes. Yeah. This is why famous people act the way they act. This is why they're cold. It's not because they think less of you. Well, some of them probably do because they're assholes, but you know, it's, it, you know, a lot of these people are just trying not to get fucking their heartstrings pulled and taken advantage of because mm-hmm. it happens so regularly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this is like, you know, what they try to tell these dudes in the NFL, they try to tell them this shit, you know, to protect themselves, insulate themselves and they don't fucking listen. And what ends up happening is they end up on a 30 for 30 episode because they gave all their money away to their homies because mm-hmm. they were trying to help them when their homies stopped giving a fuck how much money could they took because dude, to those dudes, you got a money tree in your backyard that you could just go in the back and pull shit off of. Yep. And like, they don't, they don't think about all the time that this dude, you know, whether it be business or athletics, you know, from the time they were young, putting in all those hours, they didn't get paid for years and years and years, and years of work. You know, people just don't care. Yeah. And they stop caring real quick when you give money. More importantly, they stop caring when you stop. Oh, well, <laughs> well, that's the other thing is like they, you, you, yeah. you know, people will, you can't get out of that cycle once mm-hmm. it starts, you know, and let, and yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's a definitely a weird, weird yeah. thing. I had an uncle tell me, he was like, well, if, if you could, if you could do it without me, then I'm not going to do it for you. Like if I wasn't here and you could still solve that problem, you're going to solve that problem. Well, I think that's a good, that's a good like, way to Like be. a nice little rule of thumb, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that's definitely great. I think that's pretty solid advice, bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, that, that's probably the best advice that we gave on the whole show right there. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, that's just a tough scenario. And it the, is, man. And the more success you have and the more success people uh, recognize that you have, the harder that gets. Mm. Yeah. That's real, man. But as hard as it is, it's still better than the problems that you have when you don't have when you shit. Got shit. That's yeah. real, bro. That's real shit, man. Well, guys, Andy, that was three. Yeah. Up in the feet. Yep. Don't be a hoe. Share the show. Yeah. Went from sleeping on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl. Fuck a stove. Counted millions in the cold. Bad bitch. Booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold. Dust a no. Headshot. Case closed. Closed.